With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What do college football Saturdays and a hot grill have in common? That's a classic tailgate party. That's what stand out from the crowd every Saturday with a different kind of fan apparel from the tailgate clothing company in Iowa tradition since 1997. Plus, you can make it personal at the in-store print shop. Tailgate offers free customization with any purchase. That's right, totally free. So what are you waiting for? If you're in the Des Moines area, get out and see them on Friday, August 3rd at their grand opening at the Jordan Creek Town Center Mall. HN Podcast, Miller and Dace. Man, I I love this episode that we're about to do, rather the topic that we're about to do every year. Competition begins for Dace and I right now since we can't compete out running 40s. Uh, and, and doing, uh, you know, doing how many reps of 185 or 240, whatever it is that they do. Uh, we can do this, though. We can compete in our over-under predictions. And we do this every single year. We will, of course, share our work with you and do an accounting for this late in the year. Uh, but right now is when we throw those out. So let's start with the ACC, Steve. Clemson's over-under number is set at 11 and you are taking over, I'm guessing if you're like me, boy, that number seems pretty good. Number does seem pretty good, John. And when I did the uh, spreadsheet breakdown of every conference that we talked about last week on the podcast, Clemson, the difference between them and the next best team in the ACC was the biggest gap in the country of any Power 5 league. So while I, I, I think that number is perfect, if you force me to wager on it, I would I would err on the side that there's a better chance they will go undefeated than lose two games. Exactly. That's that's the way that you have to do this. And I'm going to go to under. I think there's a better chance. I mean, I shouldn't do that because of the way their defensive front is, but can they continue to dance between the raindrops? Maybe they can. I'll take the under right off the top. Miami, over under of 10. Um, I like the underplay here. Even though ten and two feels good, uh, I feel better about nine and three than I do eleven and one. I'm going to go the other way. Actually, Miami is one of the few teams in the country that, in all of their preseason games of the year in Vegas, they're favored in every game. So I think everybody's overreacting to the way they finished last year because I think last season when they were ten and zero and number two. They were a year ahead of schedule. I think this is the year they've been pointing towards. I like the way their schedule sets up. And I think there's a better chance. I think that number is, again, right on the money. But I think there's a better chance with their team and their schedule, they go 11-1 and one than 9-3. and three. Notre Dame, 9.5. So I like these numbers with the hook here. How do you see the Irish? Uh, with Notre Dame, you know, it's funny. When you look at their history, since the Michigan-Notre Dame series resumed in 1978, only one time has Notre Dame lost to Michigan in the regular season and won double-digit games in the regular season. And that was uh, under Charlie Weiss in 2006. For them to get over this total, if you think they're going to lose to Michigan, they would have to because they've got to get to 10 in the regular season. The rest of their schedule, though, sets up pretty well. I I could make a case the hardest game they're going to play on their schedule is that opening game because the best unit they're going to face all year is Don Brown's defense. But they're getting USC with a freshman quarterback. They get Stanford at home, and they typically play very well against them at home over the years, and that series is typically very competitive. They get Florida State at home. Yes, they go to Virginia Tech, which is a tough place to play, but Virginia Tech, I think, is kind of in a bit of a rebuilding year. So I've got the Irish pegged in my predictions at 9-3. and three. I'm going to say um, there's a better chance they go 9-3 and three and t- than 10-2 and two and go under. But I-, I don't think this is an open and shut case. I think even though I've got that trend of what they do the year after they win double-digit games, the schedule works pretty well in their favor when you look at it in, in whole as a whole. I have Notre Dame on the under as well. Virginia Tech, 8.5 is their number. I feel much better... With, with them at eight wins and I do nine, so I will take the under here. 
Uh, totally agree. Um, and I think if you got this one early with the under, with what their last month and a half has looked like, you have an assistant coach has been canned for apparently he's got a huge freeze act going on and a bunch of other stuff that's happened with player ineligibilities, off the field stuff. It's been a pretty difficult off season for Virginia Tech. Yeah, it has has been at that. Um, we have Florida State at seven and a half. New coach, new era. Seven and a half seems like a really low number to me. It seems like a gift. I'm going to take the over, but this is the one where I probably should be more concerned. This is my best bet over in the ACC. Um, I think that um, with the talent level they have, two proven quarterbacks, and I know they weren't great when DeAndre Francois went out last year, but but they gave James Blackman a lot of experience. And his biggest problem was he was just too thin to play college football. He wasn't developed, but he's had a full year to do that. I love the tailback uh, duo of Cam Akers and Jacques Patrick. Defensively, they've always got athletes. I, this is my best bet over bet in the ACC, Florida State over 7.5. Louisville is a 7 bet. Um, I'm gonna. I don't know much about them, but I'm gonna take the over. That, how, how's that for hardcore, hard-hitting analysis right there? Well, at least you're honest. I'm going under. I, I think the loss of Lamar Jackson, and they lost a lot of other good players as well. I worry about that opening game against Alabama if they just get shellacked in that game and what that does for the psyche of a young team. And I think seven is right on the number. That's what I have them projected to win this year. So I think there's a better chance that they win six than they win eight. Next up, NC State. Salty team last year. You've talked several times about how they've lost uh, a good deal of talent to the NFL. I'm, I'm going to go under. I'm going I'm to th- pick them to pull back this year. I'd like to go under. I just look at their schedule, and I don't see – five or six losses. They still have a pro prospect at quarterback in Ryan Finley. You can make an argument. This was, if you look at the NFL draft, this was the most underachieving team in college football last year. Hmm. Uh, That team should not it, it was certainly, by NFL draft standards, the most talented team NC State's ever had. And they've got a few guys, a wide receiver, a quarterback. they got a few guys in this offense that are going to get drafted in this year's draft. So when you put these two classes together, this team should have been much better than the Sun Bowl. Um, I, I think they have a chance this year to overachieve because of the schedule. So I'm going to go over seven with NC State. Next up on the list is Duke with a number of six and a half. You know, they've had a solid run. They've had some surprising teams. It's still difficult for me to take Duke to go to seven. I feel much better at five, so I'm going to take the under. You know, it's funny. I I seem to get Duke wrong in this every year we do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm wrong on Duke like every year. I'm wrong on Northwestern every year. Um, I'm going to go under. I just think that I like the quarterback, and typically when David Cutcliffe has a good quarterback, his team's pretty good. Um, but I think pretty good for them is six and seven, six or seven, eight wins tops. And I think there's a better chance they go six and six than seven and five. Syracuse number is at six. I'm going to go under. I don't feel any confidence in that program. Yeah, this is my best bet under bet in the ACC is Syracuse under the six. I agree with you on that pick um, because essentially you're telling me you think to go over you think they're going to go seven and five i don't see that at all boston college their number five and a half they're going to play salty defense defense gives you a chance in a league that i don't think is that great from top to bottom not as good as it was a year ago i'm going to take the under or i'm sorry the the um the over for boston college so this is sort of the michigan state of the acc uh in that their starters, aside from a Clemson, maybe a Florida State, although they destroyed Florida State last year. So let's just say aside from a Clemson and a Miami, their starters are as good as anybody else's in this league. Hmm. Their depth, though, behind those guys, eh, shaky. Um, this should be, on paper, the easiest over five and a half bet over bet in the ACC. This should be, this should be on paper, one of the best bet overs in college football this year. And I am reminded with when the year Wake Forest came off of like two and ten, and their over under was five and a half. Do you remember this? It was like three years ago. I do not. And I jumped all over Wake Forest. There's no way they're going to six and they were six and six. And so when it looks this obvious, I get nervous. So they're not going to be my best bet. I'm still going to go over. 
But that number freaks me out. Major market team in a Power 5 league. So this isn't, you know, Vegas doesn't know who Iowa State has. Um, uh, that number just seems excruciatingly low to me, which is why it makes me very nervous. Georgia Tech over five and a half, given their departure in preparation, type of offense they play. I'm going to go ahead and take over and make this my best bet in the ACC. And yeah. what, what was your best bet? I need to make sure I get that. My right. best, my, my best bet, my best over bet. I did Wait, a best bet over and under in oh, each league. We're doing okay. over. Okay, we're adding more. All right, so my best over bet was – I thought we always did it that way. Maybe I was wrong. We okay? haven't, but we haven't, okay. but you've done the work, and I'll, I'll call it audible. Okay, so Florida State's my best bet on the over in, the, in this league. Syracuse is my best bet on the under. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you on the over on Georgia Tech. And last year they had a quirky year where a game got canceled and another one got moved, and they just kind of had one of those years where everything just kind of went wrong. And I kind of, and I think Taquan Marshall is as good as any quarterback running Paul Johnson's offense as he's had. So I think they're going to have a bounce back year, and I think their schedule's tough. So I think the ceiling for how big they could bounce back is limited, but I certainly think they can get to at least six wins. So I'm with you. Pittsburgh over under is five and a half. I'm going to take the over, but if they don't hit the over, is Pat Narduzzi's seat get warm? That's a good question because this is still a pretty young team. You know, they bring back 17 starters from last year, and most of these guys are slated to be back next year. Kerry Pickett, the young quarterback, they put him in in November. He pulled off the big upset against Miami. A lot's riding on him. Their early season schedule is is as hard as any team in college football. But their schedule the rest of the way, if they, if they can survive it, if they just don't get crushed as a team, they can kind of do what BC did last year. Remember, BC was like 0-4. And then went like seven in a row. You know, they can kind of do that. So I'm with you on the over on Pittsburgh. My metric has Pittsburgh being a, one of the surprise teams in the ACC. So I'm going to go with the numbers. North Carolina, number is five. I'm just flipping a coin on this. I took the over. I'm going with the under, only because I think there's a better chance they win four games than six. But I think that number is probably right on the money. Virginia at under five, taking the under with confidence. Well, I mean, when their head coach tells you the year after they go to a bowl game and they improve by four wins, we've only got only a third of our roster is capable of playing in the league we're in. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> um, next up, we move on to the Big 12 Conference. Oklahoma, the highest over-under uh, by a game and a half uh, with 10. Losing the quarterback, losing the talent that they lost, I got to think that they're going to come back a little bit and go under. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I think that number is probably right on the money, but I think there's a much better chance they would go 9-3 and three than 11-1. and one. For all the reasons you just articulated, uh, you know, we've had since the Carson Palmer year, there's been this trend uh, that teams lose on average about two and a half games more than the previous season after a Heisman Trophy winner exhausts his eligibility. Uh, I wonder about Kyler Murray. He's 5'10", a buck 90 soaking wet, an incredible runner. I wonder how sold out he's going to be to giving his body up doing that in the zone read when he's got millions of dollars sitting and awaiting him in Major League Baseball. And while I think he's pretty good in the pocket, I think there's a big difference between a 5'10", 190-pound quarterback sitting in the pocket 30 times a game and running the ball 15 times a game and what that does to an offense. So I'm with you on that. Cause, and, and by the way, they're still not any good on defense, and they haven't been in several years. Texas is at 8.5. I know that you have so much man love for the Longhorns. Matter of fact, uh, you should be wearing a burn orange shirt as much as you <laughs> profess it. What do you think on 8.5? Well, like I said in our preview, I, was, I went into this offseason prepared to kind of react, do a market correction, to how wrong I was on them last year. But then when I did my metrics, the numbers say that Texas is poised to be this year's Georgia, a team with a lot of talent and a second-year coach that if he can just find the right mix at quarterback could really take off. And Georgia ended up doing that, just not with the guy that many of us thought it wasn't Jacob Eason, it was Jacob Fromm. So um, I, I, I'm going to go over, but I think, you know, nine is maybe the most I think they could do. This number's pretty good. You know, but but I well, Steve, you haven't won in the Big 12 because if they win the right nine, if they win the right, if they, if they get the right combination of wins, they just got to get into the Big 12 championship game. And if you're playing a rival like Oklahoma, I think that's really tough. We saw this with Auburn and Georgia last year, the oldest rivalry in the South, and Auburn puts it on Georgia at home. 
And then two weeks later, they play in the SEC championship game, and the exact opposite happens. So I don't think that even eight and a half numbers that far off. So I'm going to go slightly over. I'm going to take the under. Texas has struggled for a long time, not because of talent, and uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Oklahoma State, their over-under is eight. They were hammered by losses. You brought up some several very interesting points relevant to history and trends of talent loss with Oklahoma State. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the under uh, at eight, not with a great deal of confidence because I don't necessarily know it's a great league. Somebody's got to win, but I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I'm going under here, too, and I'm really worried about that early season game with Boise State at home. Because Boise State comes in as a program. They're known as the giant killer. They will not be intimidated by playing on the road at a Big 12 squad whatsoever. They'll have the better quarterback on the field. They'll have the better defense on the field. So you lose that game, and then you started getting into round-robin Big 12 play where so many of those teams are, you know, when we looked at the numbers of the talent rosters, how many of these teams were then four, five, six, seven, eight points mm-hmm. of each other, like almost the whole league. Yeah. So if you lose that early Boise State game and you go five and four in the Big 12, which is not – out of the realm of possibility with all the rebuilding they're doing Oklahoma State there's your under right there so I'm going under eight I'm with you on that you know you talk about they're not going to be intimidated to go into a big 12 um, facility I mean they played at Washington State last year and they play at BYU that's a pretty tough that's a really good environment actually BYU Yeah, they played at Washington in the past Um, they had they played at Washington in 2013 I was just more thinking about this particular roster but um so, I mean, that's – have you ever been down to Stillwater, seen their stadium? I have been it, there. I it, was just there a couple of months ago when my daughter was filming a movie it's, down there. It's yeah. pretty freaking sweet, isn't it? It is. It's a nice setup. It's a great college town. Oh, Absolutely. It is. Yeah, yep. it really is. Um, let's see. Where was I? Okay, Oklahoma State, Big 12. TCU at 7.5. I'm going over, and this is my best bet. I feel like that's an 8-win team versus a 7-win team. Yeah, I think you could probably just go over on this strictly on the grounds of Gary Patterson's resume and track record alone. Uh, They're going to a new quarterback who's the highest rated recruit they've ever signed at TCU, was considered the top quarterback prospect in Texas the year he came out, Sean Robinson, a couple of years ago. They've got some really good skill position talent. Uh, which matters a lot in this league. Their offensive line has to be completely rebuilt. they got to do some rebuilding on defense, but that's sort of Patterson's track record. They also have a tough early season non-conference game. Ohio State, they're playing them at Jerry World, I think it is, like Mm -hmm. week three, so you got to figure they're probably not winning that game. Um, But I'll go with Patterson's track record, but just like I said a while ago with BC, this is now a major team. Patterson's a household name. They play in the Metroplex. So this isn't, again, Vegas doesn't know who Iowa State is. Having them only at seven and a half scares me. Mm-hmm. Scares me. Because yeah. it just seems like it's too easy. And when it's usually too easy, they know something we don't. West Virginia yep. is at seven. Another one that kind of seems too easy. I'm taking the over on this one. Yeah, this is my best bet over. And I'm going to gamble here that they just kind of don't know. And in fairness to Vegas, I go back to one of my trend lines. In the eight years prior to joining the Big 12, West Virginia won eight or more games every single season. And in the eight years they've been in the Big 12, they've only won more than eight games one time. Mm. So my, you know, this when you look at that trend line, this number right. seems pretty reasonable. But when I look at their offensive skill position talent returning, I like the way the schedule sets up. They get Oklahoma at home. They get an early season game against Tennessee, which sounds hard, but it's really not because they're totally rebuilding with a new coach. But so that kind of gives you a, a, a bit of a confidence builder there. I just love the way their schedule sets up. This is my best bet on the over. Typically, if you've got the best quarterback in this league, it almost doesn't matter what the rest of your team looks like. You win at least eight or nine games, right? Well, they've got the best quarterback in this league this year. You know, every time we do this every year, I feel like I should have asked you for points. I feel like... Uh, you know, hey, Dace, can I get three games? Like, you know, give me, give me three. Like it's a golf handicap score. Because you're spouting things off about people in places I don't have any freaking clue. I mean, get to the Big Ten. I feel good. But Big 12, decent enough. But some of this stuff that you pull out, it's, it's not a fair fight. But you know what? I've never in my life played a game of golf for money where somebody gave me strokes. I've really not played golf for money all that much. I don't like the whole handicapping aspect of mm-hmm. giving points. It's mm-hmm. not. I, I don't. I get. It would feel like such a pyrrhic victory if I'm a if I'm if I'm a 22 handicap higher than somebody, 
And based on handicap, I beat a guy by one. What am I going to do? Do a dance at the clubhouse? Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. in your face. I beat you. No, you kicked my butt. Which, any year I beat you in this is going to make me feel better. I I don't know that I beat you in this for a very long time. Iowa State's up next. They're six and a half. They're over-under number. Maybe I don't know if I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, if I'm overestimating them or not. They've, they've got a quarterback back who, what, he started seven or eight games last year for Iowa State and Kyle Kemp. Um, very good decisions. Completed over six, around 65 66% of his passes. Uh, Hakeem Butler's back for them. Obviously, losing Austin Arnaud's a big loss. They've got very good linebackers. I actually think they've got a pretty decent defensive line. Uh, very, very good cornerback. Um, the center position on the offensive line, I think, is a big concern. They have one of the five best running backs or most dangerous running backs, however you want to put it, in the country. I think this team is going to – I think they're a seven-win team at minimum. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with you on this. Because, and I'll, I'll tell you who really has made me more bullish on Iowa State than anybody else, the Longhorn Network. When I watched their coverage of Big 12 Media Days, man, they – were I mean they were jockeying text or jockeying Iowa State hard. They were making the case they thought they had the best collection of skill position talent in the league, including Oklahoma and West Virginia. They were making the case they're one of only two or three teams in this league that attempts to play defense with Texas and TCU being the other ones. They liked the way their schedule set up. They they talked about how steady Kyle Kemp was and and they literally said this on the air. They literally said this on the air if they were named with this team and what they did last year, if they were named anything else other than Iowa State that had been picked in the top three of this league by the media. Hmm. Did, did they did they also say that if Matt Campbell had actually run the football as opposed to throwing it all over the field last year names that they would have beaten <laughs> the Longhorns last year? No, I think I said that. Yeah. I yeah, I said well, I, I, I think we were all saying. I remember sitting yeah. out watching the game in uh, in Colorado at that time, and you know, right across the street from the crazy Psycho Hotel. Run the freaking ball! And ha- you know, even with, listen, Urban Meyer didn't win repeat national championships because in a driving rainstorm when he couldn't throw the ball, he's out there chucking and ducking with J.T. Barrett instead of giving the ball to Ezekiel Elliott 25 times. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes even the greats just have brain farts, man. We're only human. You know what I mean? Baylor, uh, six. I-, I think it's still still too much of a uh, radioactive fallout hangover for them. I'm going to take the under. Boy, just as, just as you, Vegas is scaring me with what they are saying about BC and TCU. This number jumped off the page at me. Too high. So they, they've got numerous big-time transfers coming in, like Jalen Hurd. You remember him as an Iowa fan a few years ago in the Gator Bowl? He's he's eligible this year at Baylor. They've got about a handful of these guys that are going to make huge upgrades. Uh, I love Charlie Brewer, the young quarterback. I like his moxie. I think they will be dramatically improved. But you're telling me to take the over They have that I'm predicting them to go from two wins to seven. And I just think that might be too big of a leap. But I think they could get close to six. I think I have them at five and seven. Kansas State, uh, that number is at six. And if you give me a Kansas State at six and Bill Snyder's – I mean, if Ron Prince is the head coach, I'm going under. Bill Snyder's yep. still the head coach. Give me the over. You know it. He's the he's the, he's the witch of – he's the witch. You're right. Right yep. on the money. Um, Texas Tech, six is their number. <sighs> It's it's an easy play to go over or under rather. To me, that's it's yeah, a screaming. Yeah, it's my best bet. Yeah, it's my best bet. Actually. I, I'm going yeah. best. I'm going best bet over. Just pure yeah. spite. Just to spite you. Now uh, you, you know what they, he they've only kept they only kept the coach because he beat Texas on Thanksgiving night to get to a bowl game. Well, that they gave think, him three million dollar plus contract. Yeah, I, I think they're in a lot of trouble. They've lost a ton in the off season. Uh, or not a ton, but they've had some att- more attrition in the offseason. Early season game against Old Miss. You know, uh, if you want to bet the over in any college football game this year, the, the Old the Ole Miss-Texas Tech game, unless it's 112, bet the over. I mean, there's there will be no defense in that game whatsoever. But this is my best bet under. I think Texas Tech's going to tank. And lastly, Kansas. At three, say it with me, under. Yeah, I think. I mean, when the AD, I mean, you got to know if you're if you're David Beatty, you you have to know you're done. Yeah, right. Um, Brett Bielema there. 
Next year? Bielema is Bielema is adamant, even though his old AD Jeff Long is there. He's adamant that's he's he's not doing that job. In fact, I heard an interview with him last week, and he expressed expressed skepticism about going back to college head coaching ever again. He's doing some stuff with the Patriots right now, and he says he kind of enjoys the NFL lifestyle, not having to recruit, not taking phone calls at 3 a.m. So we'll yeah, see. he's got a he's got a little one too. So yep. That can change it. Uh, Pac-12, Washington, 10.5 is the number. I think that this league is not that good. I'm going to go ahead and go over, which gives them a, you know, they can only lose one, they can't lose two, so I'm going to go over. I'm with you on that. If they were... If they weren't playing that opening game against Auburn, this would be one of the easiest over bets for such a big number on the board, maybe the easiest. But because that game is there, I'm you know, um, 10 wins now, which is still a really good year, is the under. So I'm going to go with the under. But I agree with you that they are clearly the, it's not quite the, as big a gap as Clemson in the ACC, but it's pretty close to that. Don't you think that just this number being 10.5 and, and their opening game being at Auburn? Almost tells you that Vegas, Vegas thinks they're going to win that game. Vegas is yeah, betting, betting you to go under. I I agree, but the, the line in that game still is Auburn by more than a touchdown or by more than a field goal. I think it's four four and a half. Mm-hmm. So there seems to be some. So I I think when you put those two things together, I think Vegas, especially yeah. when you see we go from ten and a half to eight and a half. I think Vegas is telling you I don't think this league's any good. That's yeah, what they're really telling exactly. You. And then Oregon's yeah. next at eight and a half. Um, I took the under, but I probably shouldn't have because, I, like I said before, somebody has to win some of these games. Yeah, agreed. And I, I took just the like under. in the SEC West, someone's got to lose all those games. Yes, <laughs> in the Pac-12, someone has to win all these games. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm under. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to go over. Oregon to me is the Iowa of the Pac-12. Um, they've got so they similar some really styles. Good piece, similar key, key pieces in a couple of places. What I mean by that is, okay. they've got their quarterback. All right, like Iowa does. They have questions in some other places, but they have they have the right players for how they like to play in a couple of key spots in an extremely favorable schedule. And that's why Oregon, I'm taking the over. Next up, USC eight and a half is their number. Uh, again, if if this league was stronger, I'd I'd be tempted to go under with them mm-hmm. because of you know the the quarterback, the inexperience there. But I'm going to take the over because of the weakness of the this league, and somebody has to win. I completely agree with that analysis. Only thing that gives me pause is Notre Dame and at Texas in the non-conference. But um, you're right; their 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 quarterback situations a is a is a is a huge gash. But the rest of their roster is probably better than anybody else's in the Pac-12s, including Washington's. Like if you put Jake Browning, the senior quarterback at Washington on USC's team. USC would be the clear favorite in the Pac-12. Stanford's at eight. And and to me, this would have been my best bet because of the style they play, the consistency they play with, the challenge that they are for other teams in this league. I mean, you don't want to call um, a traditional pro-style offense a gimmick, but you're almost getting to that point, especially when you're uh, an island of spreads and up-tempos that Stanford faces in the Pac-12. I didn't make it my best bet because there's such an easy one later on this board. I am going to take Stanford in the over. I'm with you on on Stanford in the over. Um, I think they're a team similar to – I don't think their depth is what it was three, four years ago when they they were at their heyday. But their skill, talent – they, you can make a case they have the best quarterback running back combination in this league with Bryce Love and KJ Costello. It certainly is competitive with Miles Gaskin and Jake Browning. And just like in the Big 12, traditionally, if you have the best quarterback, you're going to win a minimum of eight or nine games. Well, in this league, traditionally, if you've got the best uh, off, you know, quarterback and running back combo, you're probably going to win at least nine games. So I'm with you on the over. Um, another team that can press some power on you is Utah. I'm going to take them on the over as well because of that stylistically in a year where I think a lot of teams aren't that great. I think a team that is knows who and what it is has a chance to uh, overachieve. So I'll go over. I think that analysis, knowing who you are when there's so much parody and you see this as an Iowa fan, so you know what I'm talking about. And, and, you know, Kyle Winningham has sort of established a similar identity there with the Utes. They know who they are. And when you have this much parody and so much uncertainty, that, comfortability in your own skin matters quite a bit so i'm with you on the over and don't forget we skipped arizona there at seven and a half uh arizona at seven and a half i'm going under i'm gonna go over because the schedule is so easy but i don't really buy this analysis that kevin someone's gonna make khalil tate all that much better i mean kevin someone's a really good spread coach 
Rich Rodriguez like invented this offense and taught it to guys like Kevin Sumlin. Right. So I, I don't I don't know I don't see there's a big coaching upgrade for Khalil Tate there if you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but I think their I think their schedule makes it more likely they'll win eight games than seven but I think that seven and a half is pretty pretty cash money Washington State at six and a half man that number seems really high to me makes me a little alarmed losing the quarterback that they lose there um, maybe it's just a system pick and Mike Leach I'm gonna go under though. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go under. I mean, Mike Leach, I think, is one of the best 15, 20 best coaches in college football, according to my metric. But they lost a ton. Um, you know, Leach flirted with taking the Tennessee job, was going to take the job until Clay Travis and the fan base uh, decided that they didn't want Greg Schiano or Mike Leach as the head coach. So uh, I'm going to go under there. I think they're in for a tough year on the Palouse. Cal is at five and a half. I don't have any confidence in Cal, so I'm going to go under. You know, I was I was mildly surprised at what I saw from Justin Wilcox last year, um, with no head coaching experience at all. I'm gonna take a flyer and go over, only because I liked what I saw from him in year one, and you know, maybe maybe coaches get better in year two and they develop just like players do. Could happen. Um, Arizona State. So here we have back to me, me to me back to back my best bets. Arizona State's at five. I may actually tune in to watch Arizona State football games at night this year because um, just to see if it looks like a sideline and last chance you just to see just the, a complete Chinese yeah, fire pure, drill pure, yeah. pure, pure rubbernecking that's yeah. that's it I think they're going to be an absolute complete and total wreck so under five seemed like a very safe place to be unlike the Juco coaches cussing their players out and throwing tantrums on the sideline I mean, I could see Herm getting delay of game penalties because we need a sermon right here. We got we got to preach this right here. We need we need the word right here. Some deep philosophical, deep thought by Jack Handy. I'm with you. Arizona State under five is my best bet. And, you know, the way this thing has turned out, they won seven games last year. They beat both their big rivals, Arizona and Washington. They bring back their starting quarterback, their best receiver, several key players on defense. The plan was the, the two coordinators would stay and help Herm. They both quit on him. I don't like the way this is developing, man. I just no. don't. No, I don't either. And then on the other side of things, uh, or, uh, UCLA is at five. Chip Kelly, new coach, to me, I'm like, that seems like you're giving me money. I'll go ahead and take it. Yeah, this is one of my best bets of the season that I sent you back in May is this number. And it, they may only get six wins. You're just, you're asking me to believe Chip Kelly's not going to go to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. I don't believe, I don't believe that. I just don't believe that. I just don't. Yeah. And just like you talked about Utah's identity and in, in a parody driven division, mm-hmm. when you have a top five or six coach in college football in a parody driven division, and you're telling me he can't get six wins. I don't buy that. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Uh, Colorado is four. Man, th- another one I wanted to jump on, but they had such a precipitous fall last year from what they did in 2016. I'll take the over. I don't feel great about it because my spidey sense is tingling a little bit. This was one of my best bets last year that I hit on. In fact, it was my number one best bet of the season, if you'll remember, was you hit, Colorado you hit on all under 7.5. Yeah, you hit on all your national best bets. All my national best bets last year went 5-0, and oh, yes. Uh, but this was my bestest bet of them all was Colorado Ooh. under this number. I actually think for this year is about right. And I think the odds that they'll go, you're basically telling me they're going to go three and nine. Well, they were so young last year. I don't think they're going to get worse. Right. So I'll go over. Um, but I mean, I don't think they'll win like, you know, more than six games or anything like that. Oregon state two and a half complete and total train wreck. That's what I'm going over. Yeah, I just it's hard to go under two and a really, half with a power five team, man. It, it just is. Can't do it. But I was tempted. I was very t- <laughs> I was tempted to go under, but I, I took the over. Do you remember who they have? I mean, I'll, I'm I'm pulling my Phil Steele out. This, see, this is like the reason above all others, as much as Jonathan anything. Smith, their old quarterback, is the new coach there. He debuted as the interim against Stanford. They nearly a couple late last year on a Friday night. They nearly pulled the upset. Um, but I, I couldn't name you three players on their team. All right, maybe we should maybe we should rethink this. Um, <laughs> they've got okay, Southern Utah at home. You got to beat Southern Utah, right? I got to think. I got to think they're not as good as Northern Utah. Yeah. Agreed. At, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that. At Nevada, I don't know that I'd favor Oregon State there. 
I mean, who's the former Hawkeye coach in that team now? Um, oh, gosh, number 45, I can see. Yeah, he was on Oklahoma staff with Bob Stoops for years. Yeah, was on, started as an assistant in Iowa. Can't remember his name, but yeah. Gosh, dang thinking Billy D. Williams' hairstyle, but that's not it. <laughs> but, no, I mean, the, you look at the rest of their games. Jay I mean, Norvell. Jay, Jay Norvell. Norvell. Thank you, yes. You don't just walk into the house of Norvell, brother. Oh, no, everybody knows that. You just that. don't walk in. So, well, we yeah. remembered his name right at the top of our minds. Um, let's go to the SEC. Alabama's number is 11. You're a fool to pick an under against them. I'm going over. Yeah, they're non-conference. They always try to schedule that one tough game. You know, last year when they had Louisville on the schedule, like, man, can't wait to see Lamar Jackson against that Alabama D. Well, we're not going to see that. So they have no challenge in the non-conference. I kind of had to stretch to give them a loss in the conference because their conference schedule is very favorable. They get Mississippi State's probably the second best team. If not Auburn, they get both of them at home. Um, you know, I had to stretch to give them a loss because Nick Saban, for as great as he is, he rarely he's only had one undefeated team. So I think there's a much better chance they're going 12-0 and 0 than 10-2. and 2. In fact, I don't even think it's freaking close. So I'm going over. Georgia, 10-and-a-half. I'm going to go over. I'm buying into the Georgia backing up what they did last year. I have them at 11-1 in my official predictions. But I had them at 10-2 and 2 about half the time. So I'm going to go under... Uh, the old days um, claims victory no matter what happens strategy. Well, I, I, this isn't one of my best bets. Like, I think this number's really hard, you know? The half is what makes it hard for me. If it was 10, I'd go over without question. Because then it's obvious that it's a lot It's a lot more likely they go 11-1 and one than 9-3, and three, right? That 10.5, though, ugh, makes me nervous. So I'm going to go under, but I'm not really confident in it. Auburn. Number is at nine. Got to feel like this is uh, the. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. Well, we know we've talked about that trend line of what Auburn does the year after they win double digit games, but this probably is as good of a quarterback front seven combination they've had coming into a season probably since those teams with Pat Dye when you had Reggie Slack at quarterback and you had the Tracy Rocker, Andre Bruce teams that were dominating the SEC. They probably haven't had as good a combination at quarterback and defensive front going into a year since then that we knew about. Um, They have really a three-game schedule. I mean, they play Mississippi State, who's really good, but they get them at home. The other three games they have that are really difficult are all the way from Jordan-Hare. Washington, um, at Mercedes Stadium in uh, New Orleans, uh, and then, or no, Atlanta, and then Alabama and Georgia at the end of the year, both on the road. So the question, you throw the Mississippi State game in there, you're asking me, can they win two of those four? Because they would need to get to 10-2. and two. And I think the odds are better that they will win two of those four than lose all four and go eight and four. So I will take the over. Mississippi State's eight and a half. I'm going under. I love their team. I do worry about a first-year head coach in this league. Um, they have a sneaky, tough road game early in the year in the non-conference at Kansas State. And, man, that's a Bill Snyder ambush special. We've seen that for 25 freaking years. So I'm going to go under, um, but I'm not confident about it because I have them right at 8-4 and four in my predictions. They they went 8-4, and 9-3 and three in every projection I did. Hmm. Um, next up is Florida, seven and a half. At some point in time, Florida's got to get back to you know, eight, nine win seasons. I'm going to go over. So I would have thought this was very confident. I won't change my pick since I made these a couple weeks ago and I sent them to you on Friday. But, man, it's the second off season in a row, and now you have a bunch of Florida players suspended, just like we saw last year with the stolen credit card, and now it's airsoft guns. They were literally doing a throwdown with a local gambler named uh, Tay Bing. Tay Bing was his Tay Bing. Tay Bing, yeah. Nice. So I, I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm going to still go over because I think Dan Mullen's a really good coach, but, man, something ain't right down there. I don't know what it is. Well, they won't be humping any sharks this offseason. That's a upgrade. Oh, there's that. Yeah. Uh, Missouri at 7.5. I, I think they're in. Well, they they got a gunslinger at quarterback. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. They might, they're a fun team to watch play. Yeah, I'm going to go. This is my bestest best bet of the year, period. 
in my original over-unders back in May, Missouri under the 7.5 because I don't think there's any way they get to 8 wins. So um, I'm, I, I could see him maybe winning 7 at the most. Uh, people forget how terrible the schedule they played at the end of the year last year when they started 2-6 and six or 2-5 and five and they won 5 of those games in a row. How bad that schedule was that they played at the end of the year. They were nobodies. All those teams were firing their coaches. It was literally fire a coach a thon a week. Arkansas, Tennessee, Florida. All those schools they played, they were beating, all fired their coaches. Then they go to the bowl game against 6-6 six and six Texas, who has half of its defense sitting out to declare for the NFL draft, and they lose. All right, so I'm not buying it. Um, I wonder about bringing in the former Tennessee head coach, uh, who was the guy who was so bad they fired him to hire Butch Jones, and he's their new offensive coordinator, and he's never been a coordinator ever. I don't know. I'm going under. It's my best bet under bet in the SEC, and it's my bestest best bet in the country this year. Missouri under seven and a half. Mm. LSU over seven. I was like, is this a joke? I mean, that means eight or six with their talent. I'm, I got to go eight, so I got to go over. Yeah, I, I just – when was the last time their win total was like less than nine and a half? Mm-hmm. Jerry DiNardo was the coach. Yeah, so they're begging you to take the over here, which taps yes, the brakes. Which, which, which makes me worried. But I got to think – I think to me they're they're sort of similar to Michigan in that you know they're going to be really good on defense. Um, you know they have good skill talent because the way they recruit. And the missing piece is the quarterback. Now, as tough as schedule Michigan's playing, LSU's even a lot tougher. And we have no body of work on Joe Burrow similar to what we have on Shea Patterson. But I think the circumstances are similar. So I'm going to take the over, although I think that number seven is probably more accurate about where they're actually going to finish. Next up is South Carolina, number seven. I think that they are an over player here. This is my best bet, one of my national best bets, and it's my best over bet in the SEC this Mm. year. South Carolina over seven. They had a top 12 roster talent. Uh, overall score they return a three-year starter at quarterback in jake bentley a ton of other talent i like the way the schedule sets up for them over seven south carolina my best bet texas a&m they also have an over under of seven i gotta think they go over i'm gonna go over on jimbo fisher alone um arkansas the number six this is my best under bet in the SEC. Florida, by the way, was my best over bet. Um, Arkansas at under six is my best under bet. Well, Arkansas under six is one of my best national best bets. But since I can't have more than one under best bet, I went with the one I had rated higher in Missouri. But you're right on the money there with Arkansas. Whole new system. Uh, you're going from, you know, downhill running, tight formations to uh, a wide open air, uh, you know, air raid attack. They don't have the personnel for that at all. I think they're in for a tough season. Uh, you, I agree with you. Yeah, you've got a bountiful boatload of bestest best bets just flying out of every one of these things. Loading them up, loading them up. Uh, our Ole Miss is at six. I'm going to go under. Going to go under. I love their offense. They don't. They couldn't, you know, uh, tackle themselves. Um, I just think there's a lot better chance to go five and seven than seven and five. <laughs> Kentucky at uh, five and a half. I'm going to go under. Kentucky, I think, has overperformed recently. I think they're ready for a uh, return to the mean. Well, see, I kind of look at – I love their defense. Um, Mark Stoops has really developed the last couple of years as a head coach, back-to-back bowl games. They still have one of the better running backs in the SEC and Benny Snell. Um, you look at their schedule, Louisville in a rebuilding year and the non-conference. Someone's got to win some of these games in the SEC East with Tennessee having a new coach and Florida having a new coach. So I'm going to go over. Um, they bring in maybe the top junior college quarterback in the country, Terry Wilson. I don't think if they go over, it'll be much more than six, but I think they can get to six and six. All right. I just lost this. There we go. Um, Tennessee, under five and a half. I mean, I, I, I instantly picked over, and then I'm like, okay, they're setting me up here. That is a very low number. I'm going to take the over. Why Why do you disagree with me? Because when I look at Tennessee's schedule, I think it's conceivable that they might not win a game hmm. like seven weeks in the middle of the season. Hmm. It's a pretty difficult schedule. Yeah. 
Um, Vanderbilt, numbers at four. I'm going under. I'll go over. I think four is exactly right. I just think there's a better chance they go five and seven than three and nine. All right, lastly, now I can feel a little comfortable here. Ohio State in the Big Ten atop the list at ten and a half. The the, the Big Ten East is so strong. And I'm, I'm going to say this right out of the chute so I don't keep repeating myself. A lot of these th- a lot of these numbers in the Big Ten East are influenced by the strength of that division. I'm going under. I don't think I think it's more likely Ohio State goes ten and two than eleven and one. Yeah, I had an Ohio State fan angry at me on the podcast. How do you have Ohio State losing two games? What podcast? What podcast is that? Uh, this one. This oh, one. I thought it was the uh, Michigan podcast. And I'm like, uh, you guys just lost two games last year. So, um, I'm under. Uh, for all the reasons you just said, I, I I think they're very. I think they're the most talented team in the league, but. Um, I don't think their defensive front seven is formidable as it was a year ago. You still have, you know, Draymond Jones and Nick Bosa, tremendous. Don't think they have the t- the depth that they had a year ago, though, up front. Uh, their linebackers are going to be young. They've lost a couple of key guys there. Um, we don't have that one sort of shutdown quarter, corner. We think guys like Jeffrey Okuda will develop into that. But, you know, we saw out of, we saw out of, out of Denzel Ward, we saw him as a nickelback erase people. We knew he could transfer over. Uh, but, but they've kind of become DBU, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, you're losing the best quarterback in the history of the program. And if you looked purely at – you can make a statistical case, he's the best quarterback in the history of this conference. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him there, but you could make a credible case. JT Barrett basically owns every record you'd want to own, almost all of them. Uh, so I don't know how you get better without him as a leader. I think offensively they'll be more explosive, but I think they're going to really miss his leadership. And I think this division is better than it was a year ago. I think Michigan State will be at least as good as it was a year ago. Michigan will be better. I think Penn State won't be as good but because it, of its losses, but its drop-off will be – tempered by having arguably the best quarterback in college football. I think Maryland will be better. Um, I, I, I'm under. I agree with you. I think there's a much better chance they go 10-2 and two than 11-1. and one. Much better. Wisconsin is next up at 10. I'm very bullish on the Badgers, and I'm going to take over. I think that's a, an 11-1 and one team. Well, to go 11-1, and one, I, I, I wouldn't bet on it. I, I'd keep, I think that number's right on the money. But for them to go 11-1, and one, you have to tell me they're going to win three out of these four road games. Iowa, Purdue, Michigan, Penn State. I don't think they won three out of those four. Mm-hmm. Um, Penn State, nine and a half, best bet in the Big Ten, under. I'm going under, but I don't think it's much more than that, man. I mean, that now that road game at Pitt, prime time, in-state rivalry, I'd be worried about that as a Penn State fan. So many young guys on defense, your first major road game, I'd be worried about that. I'm going under, but... I'm, I don't. I wouldn't put it in best bet territory at all. That's ballsy. When you got it, all American quarterback going under a season win total is your best bet. Is a ball. Is a. That's a. That's a ballsy move, man. That's a bold move, Cotton. But yeah, I swing a pet. I swing a pair. Michigan's at nine. <laughs> um, I, I. I wish it were a half, because then I would have taken the under. If it was nine and a half, I would have felt good about. It. I think this is a nine and three team. Do I think they're more likely to win eight games or ten games? I think with their defense and the experience they have at quarterback, that's why I'm going to take the over and feel that ten is more likely than eight. Yeah, I, I think that analysis is exactly correct. I think it's, I think if 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 they are, I'll just say there's no excuse to have this kind of. You have an NFL farm team on your defense, man. Uh, that you can't, and you've got a guy that you know every NFL mock draft has as a first-round pick at quarterback next year. I don't care who you're playing; you can't lose three or four games with that kind of talent. You just and teams that have that kind of talent, we don't typically think they're going to lose three or four games. So, I'm with you on that. Next up is Michigan State uh, at nine, and similarly, this is a tough one. Nine and a half is easy for me. I'm taking the under. But do I think they're more likely to go 10 wins or 8? I think they're likely to go 8. This is just a very tough division. It's a fantastic Agreed. division. So everybody can't win 10 games. Michigan State, I think, is a team most likely to underperform. So I'm taking the under. I really wrestle with this one for everything you just said. I'm going to go under, man, but I'm, I'm not confident about it. Um, um, and the reason I'm going under is there's two games they have that scare me. Where they are better than both teams. But it's an early road game at Arizona State and a late road game at Nebraska. 
the early road game at Arizona State scares me because with the team, Herm Edwards is, re, is, is returning a pretty good team. When I say pretty good, they're not a Pac-12 challenger, but they weren't 3-9 and nine last year. They're respectable. And so I'm, I'm worried his first major game, does he give some speech? And how many times, you've seen this as an Iowa fan, how many times Wisconsin had this happen to him out there? How many times have we seen the Big Ten team go play Arizona State at 10.30 local time and lose? How many right. times have we seen that? And I'm worried about Herm Edwards giving some, you know, win one for, uh, you know, uh, for the patrons saying a football speech. And then the last the last game of the year at Nebraska, or late in the year at Nebraska, that's about when I could see Frost and that team kind of pointing to that game as sort of a, a moment to establish their program. Uh, and so I, I think the odds are they will lose one of those more than they'll win them both. So I will go under, man, but it's like 50.001 and 49.999. I think that number's right on the money. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine at church this weekend. He's a Nebraska fan. And we were discussing Nebraska football for roughly the last decade. And he brought something up to me. I haven't checked it, really. But Nebraska... In this wandering through the desert area, they believe they hopefully are emerging from with the hire of Scott Frost. They never had any upsets. They they didn't win any upsets over highly ranked teams. And Except one. W- which one was that? That was when they beat Michigan State. How, that was Michigan State's playoff team. Was their only loss that year? Okay, so that that was, was that okay. loss at Nebraska. Right, but so. you're, but but overall, he's right. They haven't beaten a lot of teams. They weren't supposed to beat. And they got blown out. Yes, he's right about that. The one exception was that crazy win, that controversial pass interference or whatever that was, and they pulled that game out against Michigan State at the last second. That yeah, was they, it was 2015. He said yeah. they they just they they never they beat the teams they were when they, and they lost the teams they shouldn't have lost to. So I hadn't really considered all that. Um, Iowa is up next at seven and a half. They're my best over bet in the Big Ten, and I think it's far more likely they go eight and four than six and six. I struggle to see how they go six and six unless they're just hammered by injuries. So I think the over is a safe play. Well, if I had done all my evaluations when I gave my original national best bets, Iowa would have been one of my over would have been one of my national best bets. But since I didn't do that full evaluation in May, they weren't on the list, and so they won't be my over best bet in the Big Ten. But I think you're on pretty solid ground there, and I'm with you on the over seven and a half. You know, a couple of um, off-field incidents. You know, the last couple of weeks, uh, Brady Reef, who's going to be in your two deep on defensive line. Um, Got a public intox uh, arrest downtown. He's 22 years old. He thought he was getting in an Uber, um, and that vehicle happened to be a police car. So I give the kid, you know, having been someone who uh, drank and drove hundreds of times, which is why I quit drinking entirely nearly 12 years ago and haven't returned to it and won't. Um, I give him credit for not driving. Um, And then just this past uh, couple of days as we record this, uh, projected starting right tackle uh, for your, gosh, why why and his name's just, Tristan Worfs from Mount Vernon. He gets uh, arrested for a DUI while riding his, this guy's what, 6'6", 320, something like that. DUI on his scooter. When there's two other people riding on the back of the scooter with him, and he blew a one, he blew a one point two nine. Now, you know that's not like double the legal limit or whatever, but still, it's it's a really bad decision. And he's 19 years old for number two, so that is uh, you. You hope that's not the start of just a, a run of these things. And I, you know, I've seen some. And you know, Rob Howe from Hawkeye Nation said these things tend to happen in cycles, and, and maybe it's it is coincidence. Well, you know, you've got 130 guys on your team. 85 guys in the roster, so three or four things happen in a window of two to three weeks. It kind of can look like a cycle. But you know, you hope that that, um, that isn't too big of a distraction and all, but I still think the over is the Yeah, best I remember bet. sitting at Big Ten Media Days in 2002 in Iowa. It had essentially, they were the reason we invented the uh, off-season tote board you used to have on my sports show, right? The off-season inter- off-season. misery index, yes. Yeah, 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 because they literally had a Paula DUI a week, like for the whole summer. Bob Sanders got busted for a DUI, all this stuff. Uh, the entire Big Ten Media Days was Kurt answering two questions, Kirk answering two questions about this. 
or, or two days of questions about this, pretty much exclusively. And he hadn't really established himself yet as a coach. You know, they had won the Alamo Bowl the year before, but they, you know, were a seven and six team or seven and five team. Uh, so after all of that offseason tumult, uh, they went 11 and one. So, and had the runner up to the Heisman Trophy. So, I'm not saying, by the way, that um, alcohol makes it all better, as my Hawkeye producer, when he brought this lament to me, joked to me when I made this exact point. I'm just saying, when you're not dealing with issues of violent offenders, um, I don't know that we can make generalizations blanketly about um, chemistry or leadership right. on a team. Now, you can maybe start talking about sometimes you just have one of those years, right? You know what I'm saying? Where things just don't line up. We, we've talked about some of those teams. Georgia Tech had one of those years. And so you're, that's what you're more concerned about as an Iowa fan is, it's just going to be one of those years where the crazy stuff happens to us and doesn't go our way. I'd be more concerned about that. Minnesota is uh, at six. Man, their, their quarterback situation. I'm sorry. I don't see them winning six games. I'm taking the under. Yeah. And if I had done, just as with Iowa, if, if I had done my full eval, come in may when the original lines came out they'd have been a national best bet under they are my best bet under in the big 10 right now is minnesota under six and i think they've got a not just like we talked about earlier with oklahoma state they're going to lose a non-conference game to fresno state early in the year at home and that will tell you right then and there and we'll get to this in the next podcast there are two coaches in chicago last week who went out of their way to lower expectations pj fleck is one of them Oof. nebraska's number is uh, um, nebraska's number six and it's one of those rare times steve where i could see them winning five i could see them winning seven I don't necessarily have a lean one way or another. I actually think six and six is what the record's going to be. But I'm going to go under. I think it's more likely they go, given their schedule and the beating, the physical beating that they may take, that they go under the six than over. I'm going to go over just because I can't see Scott Frost going five and seven, even with the, quote, heinous road schedule. But you make a very compelling case. Northwestern is at six. And this one surprised me. This one seems like they're begging you to take the over, which I did. I take the bait often, uh, like a dog dog chasing his tail. But, man, it's hard for me to think Pat Fitzgerald's going to go 5-7 and this year. So I'm going to go over. I'm going under. Um, I already thought they were going to have the biggest one-year win drop in the league this year. That win total, though, it uh, cinched it for me. They're begging you to take the over with that. I mean, they are literally driving to your house with a with 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 you know, uh, begging you to place this wager. It seems so obvious. That's why. I'm yeah, it's like those guys in college that were lining up on my walk from the dorm to the uh, to the campus with the credit from, card from apps, Discover yeah. cards, and hey, dude, yeah. sign up. We're gonna give you a two liter bottle of Coke and a Butterfinger. I said, bro, seriously, where do I, show me the paper. I'm in. Yep. Yep. True story. How it happened. Um, my pin number, by the way, was uh, 5150 back then for uh, Van Halen. <laughs> for all the ladies out there, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think I maxed that out in two weeks and bought around the house. My friends still talk about that one. Um, 30, 31 years old when I paid that sucker off. I digress. Purdue, six under their defense is going to take a big bounce back. I'm going to go under as well. Two tough Power Five non-conference games, Missouri and BC. Got to think they'll lose at least one of those, and and then you have the rest of the Big Ten schedule. Indiana, five. I'm going over. This is nothing more than a hunch. Not any, but they return all five starters on their offensive line. Um, made the the gutsy move at the quarterback change early in last season. They also have a uh, grad transfer quarterback coming in from Arizona. Defense is going to be their biggest concern, but they do have that home field advantage of Sleepy Bloomington to play with, the narcolepsy that ensues when you go to that facility. I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'm going to go under. Maryland, four and a half over. Second year in a row, Maryland's one of my national best bets over. They did it last year, man. We got over four and a half, even with a uh, – or we got over four, even with a fifth-string quarterback. So I'm going over Maryland four and yeah, a half and again. Call days to get all his picks. First 10 of the year are free. 1-800-BETS-ON. 
You sound like one of those boiler room guys there for a second. Second year in a row, our overpick is Maryland. Um, Rutgers, uh, num- as four is their number. Uh, I'm going to go under. Bad division. Yeah, I'm going to go under. But I, I can, I, you know, if they can win that game, you know what? One of the more interesting non-conference games, Rutgers at Kansas. Said no one. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if they could win that game, you look at the rest of their schedule, to, to figure if they can improve the way, you know, the same ratio they did last year from the year before to this year. If they can win that game at Kansas, I wouldn't rule out them getting to six wins. Hmm. But I'm going to go under. <laughs> well, if that game doesn't count for two, I mean, you should still feel good about five. But I guess if they don't, <laughs> if they're not good enough to beat Kansas, then you don't think they can get to six. Uh, Illinois is a three and a half under. Just, man, I would be so pissed off if I was an Illinois fan. Honestly, all the talent, I don't know, man. All the talent your, your they coach, have in that state. Your coach shows up for media days, a cross between Uncle Drew and Duck Dynasty. I'm so in right now on that. I'm in. Oh. That being said, I'm going under the three and a half. All right. That'll do it for this installment of the HN Podcast. We will reconcile these picks at the end of the year.